Thanks for hitting that play button. I'm Matt Sadler. And I'm Felicia McLeod. That was smooth today, right? That was good. That was good. I felt like I felt like I was in the zone. Yeah. You you are in the zone. Oh. And we should probably stop now. <laughs> Welcome back to Unlearning, a podcast dedicated to all the things you had to unlearn in order to become the best person you desire to be. Today's episode is about status. Let's unlearn that. Uh, Felicia, would you like to to read the submission for this week's status? Oh, beautiful. Yes. Uh, Today we have a submission from Maria Konopkin. I love her. I grew up in what seemed unusual for the time, Mexican Catholic mom and Eastern European Jewish dad. Come to find out, a lot of people grew up with mixed backgrounds, but you can tell a younger me. I didn't see another example of this around me, therefore my differences were pointed out more than anything else. It was like all the things I thought were being said by others through their words and actions. Instead of fighting it, I spent a lot of time trying to fit in and blend in rather than be okay with who I am beyond my background. By nature, I am very sensitive, so I I took to heart what a lot of people, friends, and family told me of not being enough, and I believe them. I'm sure they thought they were joking, but I never understood the punchline. I thought what they said seriously, and how a person should act to not make too much noise. I never dumbed myself down, but I won't brag about my intelligence. Girls around me had straight hair, so I spent hours straightening mine. If someone needed something, I would go out of my way to get it done without boundaries. I wanted someone to accept me and consider me rather than pass me over. In a sense, I wanted to be the star of someone's movie. Why did I have to create my own? Well, thank you for the submission, Maria. Thank you, Maria. I I love this because um, we've bonded, me and Maria, and also just uh, a lot of people go through that feeling of feeling like they're too much and not enough of something um, and thinking that they have low status because they're not being... she's she's not being Mexican enough or she's not being Jewish enough. Instead, it's just like she's being who she is, which is just that doesn't dictate what your status is. Right. I think the first time I had ever, because as a white person, uh, I was never too white or not white enough. (laughs) Um, But I very vividly remember when Obama was running for president in 2008 and the media was like, oh, he's too black. Oh, he's not black enough. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's this is ridiculous. Like, what, how can it be both? Um, but that is something that like a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, we were talking about this before that today's episode status plays into a lot of the other categories we'll be talking about this season. One, we are going to have an episode specifically on race. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to have uh, an episode. Uh, we already had an episode about careers, which I think very much play into status. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have an episode about gender, which uh, unfortunately still plays a huge uh, part in, in, in status as well. Um, I, this was, uh, I feel like, you know, if we're here to learn something, I feel like I learned something from this um, post uh, because it's weird. I, I can kind of, I, I, I sort of identify with this idea of what was it that I wanted to be the star of a movie? Uh, of, yeah, someone or someone else's movie. What was the exact quote? I wanted to be the star of someone's movie. Why did I have to create my own? Yeah, I feel like we all sort of see 
examples in culture of some some like perfect person or whatever and we think we have to be that instead of being ourselves Mm -hmm. and yes for me status we were talking about this before the podcast that a lot of our views of status come from like when you're a kid and you just embody status upon every adult Mm -hmm. like regardless of who they are um and you just kind of take for granted that adults know what they're doing (laughs) and uh spoiler alert they they don't don't. (laughs) (laughs) right like i used to think like oh the president he's the smartest adult because he is chosen by all the other smart adults to be the smartest one to to run everything and that turned out to be not true (laughs) but you're taught like i that's right like at a young age i was like everybody older than me has higher status than me they are adults they are doing what is best for me and everybody around them not realizing like these are human beings and uh they are not looking out for everybody right and i think what maria is getting at in in her submission is that like you're you look up to certain people you feel like you have to be a certain way Mm -hmm. and part of it is that you think other people have something figured out Mm. that uh they usually do not Mm -hmm. and Status is such a weird, because in some ways it's just this made up thing mm-hmm. in our minds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like obviously you can have a boss who outranks you and you can have, when you're a kid, you know, your parents do know more about the world and they are looking out for you. Mm-hmm. But in like peer situations as adults now, uh, you kind of just put status on people more than it being a real thing. That's you know 100%. what I mean? That's 100%. Yeah. And it's it's kind of kind of dumb. <laughs> it is. It's so interesting um you saying that just like sparked a bunch of feelings saying how we just put status on people. Mm-hmm. Cuz in the moment you don't realize it until you step away and you're like, "Wow, I really thought all these people were higher status and and better and knew more than me when really it's like they were just faking it and they did not know. Um, so what is that in me that like automatically put higher status on someone else? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you use the word better, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Hard to define as like, Oh, this person's better than me. Better at what? Just better. There's mm-hmm. people out there that you kind of take for granted as you hold them in a certain place whether they have earned that or not. Mm-hmm. Some people have earned it, right? Oprah is better than me. <laughs> Hands down, she's better than me. Oprah is better than me. Uh, there was a royal interview in which our royalty Oprah <laughs> talked to some actress lady and her husband. <laughs> no, stop. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you, are, you, are you a supporter of the monarchy? Uh, no. <laughs> That's Not a like, supporter of the monarchy. Uh, well, I did see an article that they have black friends, so maybe I maybe I will support now that they put that um, a black man hugging uh, Prince Charles. Okay, but you follow some of this uh, the the, the storylines about the British family a little bit, but not enough to like the, really know about it. This is the perfect example of like people just putting status on someone randomly. And it means, I mean, it really means nothing anymore. You know, at least kings and queens back in the day used to be the actual rulers. Mm -hmm. The Queen of England is not 
the head of state or or like she's not any sort of governing ruler, you know? Mm-hmm. She's just, she, you know, she's just a fancy lady. <laughs> but it's such a high status put on her by other it's people. Such a, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we think of like the queen, but like like as this. But you know what? Like let's let's be honest. Queen Elizabeth has farted at some point. I don't know if that's true. It's happened. No, see, Felicia, this is these are these are your illusions about status that you need to unlearn. Uh, I'm unlearning in real time, and this is you're unlearning in real wild. time. It's time to learn the truth. The Queen of England farts, just like it everybody happens. else. Everybody poops. Everybody yeah. poops. Yeah, and the people who don't have a serious medical condition. Yeah. And you should seek a doctor. <laughs> wow. Okay, my mind's blown. Uh, yes. that's But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there are people that you just kind of take for granted as higher status. And I think I've gotten better at, at questioning that status. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you, uh, you saying that's interesting when I said higher status is like meaning better than me too. I never realized uh, how much I, I put that on people where I'm like, they are a higher status, which means they are better than me. Um, and that's interesting. I'm really learning things in real time right now. <laughs> this is great. This is not, yeah, it's nice to like talk it through. Cause welcome back to Felicia's therapy session. <laughs> yeah. My therapist is flying in um, via zoom. Um, we have her on the line right now. Please welcome <laughs> Dr. I don't know your therapist name. Oh, uh, wow. Is, do you have any examples of um, a time you had to unlearn status or a time in the moment, meaning right now, <laughs> unlearning status? Is, did I? <laughs> yes, I too went into this thinking the queen didn't fart. And now, and now I know. Um, yeah, I, here's the thing. Plenty of times. Um, I think for me, when I was a kid, I definitely like thought teachers when I was like in elementary school, Mm. like teachers were this like authority figure that were infallible, infallible. Mm. Is that the right, am I pronouncing that right? Infallible and mm. Mm -hmm. not fallible. Fallible? Infallible. Isn't mm-hmm. that the word? I think that's it. Well, I'm sure we'll get some angry emails if it's not. <laughs> but I used to think that that, that that teachers were teachers because they are some sort of special, you know. And now I have friends who are teachers who, um, you know, God bless them. They're, they're, they're doing hard work, working with little kids and stuff. But by no means are they saints. Trust mm-hmm. me, based on the way they talk about the kids sometimes <laughs> to me, they are no saints. And I won't mention their names, but you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, maybe you don't. I know enough teachers that maybe you don't know if I'm talking about you or not. But it's, I mean, it's a tough job and they're people. That's mm-hmm. the thing you don't realize when you're a kid. It's like, oh, this is just a person. Mm. And I remember in sixth grade, I had this one science teacher who was just, oh, God, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to say mean words. I'm just going to I'm going to be the better person. And just <laughs> You're better than me. There it is. She. OK, so she I remember specifically and I will still never forget this. I will not let this go. I was, what, 11? I will not let this go. Um, I, I I didn't like 
science. I wasn't very good at it. And, and clearly she didn't like me and it was just not a healthy relationship. And I passed in some homework, I think probably late, a day late, because I, again, was not a good student in this class in science. And I remember she told me one time that she spilled coffee on my homework. And so she asked me to do it again. <gasps> uh, After she messed remember, up. <laughs> right. And I just remember thinking, but you know I did it. You had it. You spilled coffee on it. Yeah. And, and, and it was very frustrating at the time. And I don't remember exactly what I got in that, that class. It was probably one of the worst grades I ever got. And... The, the whole that whole experience of that class was very upsetting for me at the time and in hindsight it's like okay it's sixth grade like you know it's okay mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna live beyond this <laughs> um, but at the time it was very upsetting and looking back on it you know I'm just like oh you know she was the adult in this situation I was the child and we mm-hmm. both um, were very childish in 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 it bumping heads when it you know really didn't need to be that way I get it she she had been an educator for many years at that point. She has dealt with a lot of, you know, she deals with eleven year olds on a daily basis and tries to teach them science. Rough. Yeah, not easy. Um, so I, I, you know, looking back on it now, I understand her side a little more. But still, I, I just thought at the time it kind of broke something for me where I was like, oh, you know, not all teachers are are just like good people. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Some of them are out to get me. <laughs> Some of them are and trash. And ever since then, ever since then, I'm just looking for people who are out to get me. <laughs> I'm not paranoid. They're out there. They're all around us and it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast could take a, a, a sharp right turn right here <laughs> into a, one of these paranoia podcasts. That's so true, though, because you, you trusted her as the adult in the situation, as a person with a higher status to mm-hmm. do the right thing and then to be yeah. like, no, you messed up. And you're like, okay, you're not teaching me correctly. Yeah. Right. And then you, and then you start to realize like, oh, I, I like, you know, I take a test, I submit the test, I get a grade back and I just kind of, usually I wouldn't go through my tests. I just trust that like the number on it, that was the number I earned. Mm -hmm. They could easily make mistakes or, or, you know, whatever in in grading. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you obviously, you figure out and especially the smart kids, God, oh, those A students when you get to high school and they're mm. like, um, it says that I got one question wrong, but technically, and it's like, <laughs> all right, let it go, Kara, let it go. Yeah. Ah, that's so true. Cause before recording, we were talking about authority for status. And, um, it makes me think of when I was younger, like I thought the police were like, they're all there to protect all of us. And I was in Muskego, Wisconsin, and me and my brothers, after school, we'd like go on walks around the neighborhood. And the amount of times that police have come and stopped my brothers, because they're like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and they were that tall when they were like 17, 18. Um, the amount of times police would just pull us over and be like, what are you guys doing? And like invest, investigate them when we were just walking. And you're like, don't y'all have work to do? Um, yeah. So it's like... If anyone's going to stop a six foot three, 17 year old, it should be to ask them to join their basketball team. <laughs> Period. That's it. I'd six like to three. invest into you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would, I would have been like, uh, excuse me. I know. So, you know, we got to get, we got to start a college, just college basketball team right here. We got two players too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting that you say you initially were kind of taught to trust the police. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I've heard from other black people that, they are taught not to trust the police. 
Whereas you were taught to trust the police and then kind of saw saw the difference firsthand. Yeah, and I think the difference is like both of my parents are Jamaican, so they are they came to America when they were mid thirties. So like a lot of people who are like immigrants want to um, make themselves smaller and to just integrate into America. Yeah, fit into society. Just to fit into society. So they're like, hey, we have to be good. You guys have to go to this type of school so you can have a better education. Um, And they like mirror whiteness in a way to be like, and the police are here to protect us when really it's like, and then we get older and we realize like, I understand my parents were doing this because they thought that they were protecting us and they just wanted to make sure we had good lives. But um, it's hard for like people of color to call those things out when they're like, we're not in our original home. We're Mm. we're not from America. So we have to follow their rules. It's a lot more complicated than just showing up and pretending that, uh, oh, if I follow the rules, everyone else who's already here will follow the rules Mm because it's not always the case yeah and you're like okay and then everyone realizing like oh no that's bullshit um it's it's rough yeah and it's like what do you say to your kids yeah yeah growing up in a small town in massachusetts you know i was yeah taught the same thing about respecting authority also my grandfather was a state trooper Mm -hmm. um i didn't really know him he died when i was very young but still that it definitely put some sort of status in my mind on my grandfather who I'd never even met. Also just the idea of parents and grandparents, mm-hmm. you put a certain amount of status on them. And so I definitely, as a, at a young age, you know, took for granted that police officers were there to protect you. And, um, I, I think as I got older, it wasn't necessarily, it was not nearly as terrible as, uh, being, you know, pulled over or having a cop stop because I was, a different race in a, the wrong neighborhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, the cops in my small town are, uh, let's, let's say that you could make a sitcom about the incompetence of the <laughs> local police department. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, well, here's the thing. It, when you're in a, in a, it's a very small town with very little crime. What are they doing all day? Really? Mm-hmm. You know, most of what they have to do is like go to the middle school and tell kids not to do drugs. <laughs> dare <laughs> and yet yeah dare and you know what you know what the middle schoolers still did drugs so they they're obviously drugs. not even doing the job that they had yeah because they're human beings but it's just because they have that badge you put that status on them yeah yeah that's an interesting thing too is, is that uh, drug problems have, have skyrocketed in this country and there's people uh and that's like another thing where you realize like, oh, people, no matter who they are, like anyone can get addicted to opioids, mm-hmm. you know, anyone, even someone you look up to as high status, like anyone can get sick or be an alcoholic or have something terrible. You know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. all people. Yeah. And you don't necessarily think of those, those stat- high status figures in the same way. Mm-hmm. What's interesting too is on the status on drugs too. Like if if someone's doing coke or if someone's doing heroin, um, when you tr- first say like, "Oh, this person was like caught doing heroin in an alley," you instantly think it's like a lower status thing. Instead of like yes. this person was doing coke at a party, you're like, "Okay, and that person is rich." So that's interesting. Right? Yes. Too. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Cocaine is is 
frat bros and and Wall Street bankers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, heroin you you do in an alleyway. Like mm-hmm. that's that's our perception of it. When yeah, really it's is, like anybody can anybody is on these drugs. Yeah. That is interesting that there is like a hierarchy of even people who are addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Or at least there's a perceived hierarchy in our society. Uh, and, and we have like different, there's different mandatory minimums, like from the war on drugs, there's like, it's, you know, higher minimums for uh, crack cocaine than regular cocaine because mm-hmm. more black people were smoking crack cocaine and more white people were doing regular cocaine. And so, like, you, you trust that the people in power who are making the laws are doing <laughs> the best, and they're not. And then you trust that, like, oh, everyone doing drugs and is going to jail because of it. Like, they're all lowlifes. And it's like, you know, uh, I think especially now during the opioid crisis, people now uh, are seeing that, like, anyone can get, you know, anyone can have a back problem, go in, get prescribed too many mm-hmm. Vicodin, and get hooked on it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I'm learning so much in real time and my brain. Yeah, it got deep. <laughs> That's what we do on this podcast. We get deep and we take you on the journey with us and we hope you can um realize that you're not alone. How many other podcasts in under a half hour are gonna solve the war on drugs and tell you about the queen farting? None. We're highbrow and lowbrow and everywhere <laughs> in between. That's what makes us unique, you know? That's what makes us high status. <laughs> we're also like medium status and a little bit low status. So our, my status I, fluctuates. Yes, I tend to think of myself as low to sometimes medium status, definitely, <laughs> in general. Like at work, I'm fairly low status, at least in terms of, you know, on, on the, the pay scale and, and all that. And then like, I don't know. Yeah, in a lot of interactions, I no, I guess I feel like I'm medium status with most other adults that I meet, but rarely do I feel like I'm the higher status person. Mm-hmm. I will more often feel like the low status person in interaction than I do the high status person. I feel the same way. So, yeah. Someone's got to be having a real bad day for me to feel like I'm the higher status person. <laughs> and you're like, that's, that's so interesting because I'm still unlearning right now of walking into a room and not immediately being like and i'm the lowest status person in the room so it's like something right. i have to like constantly be aware of to be like and felicia you are just yourself in this moment and no one is uh of higher status just because you're putting that onto somebody else well i think we've we've had to like uh, unlearn judging other people when you walk into a party you just immediately judge you think you know everyone in there right mm-hmm. but you also have to unlearn judging yourself in that moment mm-hmm. and comparing yourself to other people because, again, you don't know the other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just in your head putting a higher status on them and a lower status on yourself. And I think there's some people out there who are who have become successful because they just – not that they think there's better than everyone else. But, like, you, you have to get to a certain level of comfort in just being like, okay, I'm not below someone else. Mm-hmm. I am me. You know, we don't have to be higher or lower. Let's be side by side. But that is true. Um unlearning of putting status on other people and of putting status on yourself when you walk into a room. Um, that's something that's hard and have to be conscious of every day. Um, so it's, I feel like just, um, breathing and being in the moment and just like being yourself is what 
I have to do? I think 90% of the stuff that you and I have to unlearn, no matter what episode it is, is just like is not being so hard on ourselves. <laughs> it's so easy to be hard on yourself, though. It is. It's it's a lot easier than than loving yourself. That's that takes work. <laughs> but we're working on it. That's what's good. We are working on it. That's what the show's all about. <laughs> is the work that we're doing to try and better ourselves. Yeah. Should we move on to uh, segment three and see how we're doing in our journeys? Or did you yes. have more to add? No, I think we really, we really like tapped into it. Um, we got emotional. We nailed we it. That That's what queen, we did. We did. <laughs> we before the, before we started recording, we were both talking about how we were going to fail and we didn't know what we were saying <laughs> because we were and thinking I, of ourselves as really low good. status. And then we did really good and proved <gasps> that we don't need to be thinking of ourselves that way. Wow, there was so much like unlearning in the moment in this episode that is beautiful and heartbreaking all at once. Yes, I agree. It is. It, it, yes, beautiful and heartbreaking is the way to put it because it is heartbreaking that <laughs> that we're you know adults still like trying to learn to think of ourselves as, as in a certain way. Um, All right, so that will move us on to our final segment. How's your journey? Uh, the last segment is where we figure out how far we are on a, on our journey of unlearning on a scale of one to ten. One being I haven't even started, and ten being I have arrived. Felicia, your number mm. is higher now than it was at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> which is good. That's great. That's good, because I think at the beginning of the podcast, I was a two, and I'm going to say I am a four right now. Wow, you very feel very low about this. I do. I, yeah. What yeah, would it take? So much. What are the steps? What, what do you need? To, what are the, what's the next six rungs above you? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I feel like um, the next one is not shaming myself in the moment if I feel like I'm putting somebody in a higher status and instead just like fully feeling that emotion and um, and moving forward. I think that would be, those are the next steps to like get me at least to six. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to put myself a little higher I'm, you know, dare I, now I feel like I'm bragging because you put pick such a low number, but I'm going to say seven. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say seven. I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to tell you my truth. That's so healthy. Uh, I feel like, here's the thing. I feel like I have come a very long way in terms of unlearning status when it comes to other people and having a healthy respect for authority while also questioning it. That's really what the mm-hmm. key is. Um, that's kind of the key to democracy is is having a, a, a balance of respect for authority while also questioning it um, and not just taking it for granted that you know these, that people in power are going to do the right thing. Um, mm. So I, I feel like I've come a long way in terms of of that, uh, especially when it comes to like we were talking about viewing the police or you know just kind of any sort of adult figure in power and authority. Um, mm-hmm. But I still have a little ways to go, I think, probably in terms of viewing myself in uh, high or low status. But that's great to be like at a seven. And um, that's wonderful. I'm excited. 
you were, I, I want to say you were higher than me. You were further along on your journey in the last episode. So I was, I had to, I was due, I guess. <laughs> it was due time for you to be higher. You know, and I appreciate balances that. Balances out in the end. <laughs> and that's how life goes. Yeah. Is that going to, is that going to do it? I think that's going to do it. I think we did the thing. I think we did the, uh, did, talked about status and we did it. All right. Well, like we mentioned before, uh, feel free to email us. Uh, our email address is unlearningapodcast at gmail.com uh, where you can submit uh, yes. anything, really. You can, you can just email us and say, wow, you guys are not doing a good job. No, please be nice. But really, yeah, email us uh, either <laughs> if you have comments about previous episodes or if you want to make a submission for a future episode on one of the topics we'll be talking about in the future. Um, you can also uh, tweet at us. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at unlearning underscore cast. Um, and we also have an Instagram account. Yes, on Instagram, we are unlearning underscore podcast. And you can check us out as part of the Trident Network. We're a proud member of the Trident Network, thetridentnetwork.com. I think that's going to pretty much do it. Follow us on social media. That's going to be it. Unlearn with us. This is a reminder that you are not alone on your journey to unlearning. Oh, I love that.